The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four Welcome to non Google Search Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. This month, we're turning the spotlight onto how you can optimize your SEO efforts for some of the most important search engines that don't start with the letter G. And this week, we're kicking off non-Google Search Month by publishing an episode every day by discussing the history, status, and optimization strategies for Google's biggest competitors. Joining us for non-Google Search Week is Jordan Cooney, who is a world-renowned SEO strategist and the CEO here at Searchmetrics. And so far this week, we've discussed the history of search outside of Google. And today, we're going to discuss how to prioritize traditional web-based search for English-speaking non-Google search engines. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here is my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the lead SEO strategist and CEO of Searchmetrics, Inc. Jordan, welcome back to non-Google Search Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. Uh, looking forward to dive in here on and get, in, get into some of the, the overall strategies of the secondary market of search. So we're going to talk about that, a little bit about strategy and prioritization. And there's a couple different ways that we can take this conversation, right? Non-Google search can be a very broad topic. Today, we're going to focus specifically on Google's most direct competitors and how you should prioritize them. We're going to talk a little bit about Yahoo, a little bit about Bing, about some of the English-based search engines. So give me the landscape as it exists today. When you're thinking about traditional web-based search who are the biggest competitors and how big are they? Uh, so really, I mean, obviously we have the Goliath here, which is Google. I mean, they still own the majority of the market share. But when we go beyond that, right, we've got Bing, 
DuckDuckGo. And then from there, it's kind of a collection of folks. Still prevalent is Yahoo, obviously. But that's kind of where, where it starts to trail off. There's, there's a ton of other small little search engines there, but the market share is zero, essentially. So there's really nothing that we can provide outside of those three major players in the English markets, in particular the U.S. So give me some estimated numbers. I know you, you might not have them right in front of you, but you know, if, if Google is 85 to 95% of the market, how do you divide up the remaining somewhere between 5 and 15%? Is you know, Bing 75% of that? Is, you know, what's the breakdown between Bing, Yahoo, and DuckDuckGo? Yeah, so things start to really get pretty uh, small outside of Google, but you're looking at anywhere between a single digit or under single digit when you look at DuckDuckGo's of the world and then you know a Bing, largely due to their kind of enablement efforts because they, they connect you know, Explorer and other Microsoft products with their search experience. They can control somewhere between 5% up to 10% of the market share of search. And where does Yahoo play into this? I know that Yahoo and Bing have a partnership. Do we break those out as separate search engines? Are they really the same thing? Yeah, so Yahoo plays into this picture in a unique way because they have this partnership with Bing. This partnership with Bing, now that they're part of the bigger umbrella company Verizon, is one where recently Verizon signed an agreement to extend the partnership to all Verizon properties and assets. So Bing, in essence, powers the Yahoo searches, and then a lot of the other AOL and other properties that the Verizon media conglomerate owns. So essentially, we're looking at, you know, if we say that Google owns 90% of the market, uh, you know, we understand that depending on who you ask, there is a 5% fluctuation there. Bing owns roughly 9% of the remaining share and DuckDuckGo and the other smaller competitors are 1%. So as you're thinking about prioritizing non-Google search optimizations, when you're advising search metrics as clients, when do you get to the point where you start to think about non-Google search? Are you working on that from the beginning and just taking you know advantage of duplicating your strategy from Google? Or is it actually a separate strategy that you're working on? Yeah, that's a great question. So first thing is, is out, out the gate, no matter how big or how small you are, it really doesn't matter. You should always, always, always have both a Google Webmaster Tools set up an installation as well as a Bing Webmaster Tools set up an installation. So the capabilities to have the reporting, the diagnostics, and the details that you get out of these free tools is essential for any type of website. I don't care how big or small you are. It's just kind of like table stakes. You just you have to do it and you just have to have the data available to you that these search engines provide to you for free. Right. It's essentially, think of it this way. It's a 10% boost in performance just by setting up webmaster tools on both Bing and on Google. Yeah, that's, it's a generous number, but I think it's also, it's kind of great for folks to just know and understand what's going on. And that the worst thing that you can have is sitting in a meeting or sitting in a conversation and going, oh, I, I don't know that number. I don't know that data point. And these tools will at least give you a basic level of knowledge around how much is your website being crawled, how many pages are being indexed, what's happening with your website, are there any errors or issues? And so just gives you that kind of basic knowledge you need to then go to the next level. Understanding that Bing is the major competitor in search to Google, 
what is the difference between the two platforms from a you know technical and setup perspective? Yeah, the, the biggest differentiator that we recognize is the ability to crawl. So how much and how pervasive can Google versus Bing crawl? And, and largely, we're talking about the bigger sites now, right? We're talking the sites that have tens of millions and even up to the billions of pages. What is the capability of Bing to maintain and collect and crawl and identify what pages are most important? And so ultimately, that's kind of the big differentiator that we see between Google and Bing. And the reality is that in many cases, Google can just be benevolent. They just, just don't care and they'll just keep crawling for the sake of knowing what's happening on a particular page where Bing just doesn't have that luxury. This sounds like there's a cost component where Google, because search is so core to their business, can make the investment to crawl essentially the whole web. And because Microsoft's business is not primarily dependent on search, they're basically taking a subset of what's happening and they're not crawling as much. I'm assuming this is just purely a cost issue. Exactly. It absolutely is a cost issue. And you'll hear a lot of the Microsoft uh, Bing representatives when they speak publicly, they are always bringing up the cost component. Hey, this is something that takes up a lot of money. So there's no doubt that the engineers and, and the product teams that are working on this are very cost sensitive to the crawl and what they have as a company available to them to execute those crawls. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Do you find when you're looking at the difference between Bing and Google data that Google is much more accurate? Like, is there value out of crawling those extra pages or doing those extra crawls? Or is it just that Google is wanting more real-time understanding of what's happening across the whole web? <laughs> that's, that's a tricky one, right? Strategically speaking, yes, there's some value there. Now, the value, I believe, lies in the ability for Google to make decisions on their algorithm. And I think that's the big benefit, right? So if you can confidently say that I've crawled a website and I know emphatically that they have, you know, maybe over 20 or 30% of their pages without inventory or without content or with this error or issue you can make a very decisive decision 
on how you evaluate the positioning and the value of that website. It'd be very hard for Bing to do that for some of the big, big websites out there. Essentially, Google is like Santa Claus. They know when you've been good or bad. (laughs) Exactly. And they definitely have a naughty list. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... (laughs) I, I understand that you know, when you're starting to build a search strategy, you want to set up, obviously, Google Webmaster Tools. And you're going to set up Bing as well because they're roughly 10-ish percent of the market. You know, uh, High single figures to low double figures. At what point do you need a website where you're starting to think about other search engines? When do you start thinking about DuckDuckGo? Is it it's something you should prioritize? So it depends on the nature of your business. So what industry you're in. But typically, you got to be somewhere around... I'd say 25,000 to 100,000 search visitors per month before you really start investing heavily in critical optimization strategies for Bing and other search engines. And the reason that I set that traffic threshold is that you're just not going to see the material traffic lift that you want out of a Bing or a Yahoo through the efforts that you put forth. And so what what I'm saying there is basically, hey, you have to have enough critical mass of content that has good value, that has good user experience, that has good links. That's why I'm using that threshold of 25,000 to 100,000 visitors per month in order for you to then create the lift and momentum you want out of these secondary tier search engines like DuckDuckGo and, and Bing. When you're thinking about the difference between all of the search engines and the experience, you know, my understanding of DuckDuckGo is that it is a privacy-centric search engine. My feeling about Bing is that the properties which they're using to distribute their search products are uh, legacy products. You know, the AOLs, the, the Yahoos of the world, which tend to have a little bit of an older demographic. Do you think about customer segmentation as you're putting together your search strategy on non-Google search sites? You do. And um, I guess if you want to kind of unpack this kind of legacy mentality that Bing and Yahoo might have, it's predominantly focused on this concept that most of these search engines today try to do some form of personalization, right? They try to see what are your behaviors, what are your patterns, and then thus try to serve you better results based off of that. And I think this is where we get into the very uniqueness of DuckDuckGo and where I, where I believe their value add is in, in the marketplace is that they don't really use that personalization mentality. They just try to focus really on relevant results and instant results that, that they believe have the best sort of order aside from personalization. And so if I'm a media company that has heavy traffic and I really want to get something recognized without having personalization be an influence, DuckDuckGo might be a good testing ground for me to see how that content performs organically based on the user link and other ranking factors that drive DuckDuckGo. As opposed to say Bing or Google, where biases of personalization are simply going to take place. And yes, your users are using those platforms. So you can't just naively ignore them. But you know the reality is that you can learn a little bit about how your, say, unique content or maybe even your off-brand content might relate in a search world with, with an experience like DuckDuckGo. So it's an interesting thing to think about when you're looking at DuckDuckGo as a 
you know, a potential engine that you could be optimizing for, you're saying you could look at an unpersonalized user experience to use it as a testing ground to see what changes you can make to your uh, more personalized experience, right? You can take your learnings from DuckDuckGo and apply them to the Bings and the Googles of the world. That's right. That's right. Is there anything else that you think of when you're putting together a search strategy or thinking about when to start focusing on non-Google search? It's never too early to set the foundation um, and have access to those webmaster tools for all these platforms. And then secondarily, be judicious about where you invest your time in thinking of strategies for secondary tier search engines. Because ultimately, it really does come down to the various efforts that we talk about in our podcast around user engagement, speed and performance, links and awareness. Those are drivers that will help you in any search engine, Google included. And so if you're doing those well, when you're ready to start investing in your strategies and creating a strategy for secondary search engines, you'll be well positioned to find success. Yeah, my big takeaway here is that when you're doing your initial search setup, you know, if you're putting together a new site, not a lot of effort to get your webmaster tools for Bing, for DuckDuckGo set up. And collecting that data early on is going to give you more insights, which can be not only useful for optimizing those specific search engines, something we're going to be talking about in our next episode, but also, you know, you could use the data from the non-Google search engines to figure out how you should be optimizing your most important search channel, which is going to be Google. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the lead SEO strategist and CEO of Searchmetrics. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs, because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is J-T Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. If you have general marketing questions, or if you want to talk about this podcast with me, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Schaap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast, you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning to discuss how you can optimize your traditional English-based search efforts for non-Google search engines. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.